How much pressure do you need on your hose? What do you do when your wife hears a clunk? And how do you handle a big crack in your sidewalk if your budget is tight right now? All these questions and more on the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. I'm going to jump into an email question because, quite frankly, this is one I hear quite often. I have a problem with squirrels. This comes from Chuck. He says, I have a problem with squirrels in the attic during the winter months and rats year-round. I was advised by a company all my insulation will have to be removed. Attic floors cleaned and new insulation replaced along with access holes in soffits covered or patched. Screens beneath roof turbines added, etc. The total estimate, $26,000. Does this seem reasonable? Do you have a suggestions for an honest company that I can contact? Thank you. Well, I can't say if it's reasonable or not because I don't know how big the house is. In general, I would say it sounds like a lot. Uh, you know, taking out the insulation and putting in new insulation, uh, quite frankly, isn't that huge a price tag. And typically blocking the entrance for the, the critters typically isn't that big a price tag. So in general, it uh, for a normal size house, it does seem a little pricey to me. Secondary, I'm not sure you need to re- pull everything out, do all this cleaning and replace. Now, this is going to sound a little nasty to a lot of people, but unless the insulation is full of rat and squirrel urine and, and stuff like that, you typically don't have to remove it. The fact that they've been in there isn't enough to justify taking it out. Uh, you may have to take out sections of it. That doesn't mean you take out all of it. And so that's the other thing you got to look at. Just how big an area is actually infested and has the issue. Because typically they get up in there and they kind of stick to an area. They don't necessarily run all over everything. So those are the two items I would tell you to take a look at. Uh, as far as somebody to call, you know, USA Insulation, or uh, they can take care of the wall insulation for you and, and that. But uh, for the attic, I would give Milo Insulation a call. And uh, they have the equipment to go in the attic, suck everything out, and, and do all that that needs to be done. Uh, and they'll have people who they can bring in to close up access points and things like that and that's going to be the critical part is to get everything closed up now when you're closing it up the hardest part of that is having everything out of the attic when you do it in other words you don't want to lock some of the critters in there uh, so that's going to be actually the hardest part is getting making sure you got all the animals out prior to closing up all the ins and outs of the attic for them but uh, give Milo Insulation a call at 940-331-MILO. That's M-I-L-O. And they can help you out with that. Doug has an HVAC question. He says, on September 30th program, I caught the tail end of a conversation you were having with an HVAC guy about balancing cool and hot air throughout a house. I did not catch the name of the HVAC person, could you please send it to me and his contact information? Absolutely. 
And uh, that's Stuart HVAC uh, was who we had on. And let me get his phone number for you. Uh, it is 972-416-3413. Again, Stuart HVAC, 972-416-3413. And I will tell everybody, though, uh, when you have a, a question like this, if you'll go to our website, thipro.com, we actually have a uh, air conditioning link there, and there's uh, three companies that you can call, uh, and you would find Stuart HVAC there as well. So, again, thipro.com. Mark in Dallas, what can I do for you? Sure. Hey, I, I called uh, a while back in regards to foundation watering and trying to – get to uh, negate the, the flood of watering at the hydrant at the beginning of the soaker hose right? Uh, and trying to get some more water down the line. I, I've since purchased one of the, uh, I think they're called a Rangbird little okay. regulators. Uh-huh. And still, I have a 100-foot section of hose, and I'm still not getting, I'm getting little to no water at the end. What's the workaround? Just the, what What is the pressure that you, that you got on that Rangbird? Oh, question uh, i was thinking just maybe attach a regular water hose to the hydrant and the other end to the uh water hose down the line it is a yeah. 25 psi regulator okay so you're still probably getting a little more water at the beginning of the hose than at the end of the hose and not as much as before before i put the regular on it right sure. but in order to get it totally balanced out it normally has to get down to between the 15 and 20 psi so oh, you're wow. still okay. you're still just a little bit high, um, you know. There are things you can do to balance it out, though, if you if you if you want to do it. And one of the things uh, that actually can do it is if you tie a hose at the other end, so you got water coming in from both ends. It'll tend to balance it out that way as well. I, I don't usually care to do that though, uh, because now you're depending on multiple timers and regulators and all that kind of stuff and you're you got the expense of purchasing multiple so sure. normally i just try to get a regulator that gets me down to that 15 to 20 psi but at 25 you, you shouldn't get be getting too much more at the beginning than you are at the end that, that helped a lot i, I appreciate uh, your input on that so yeah that, that helped a lot my hydrant area is not flooded good okay but but you can get the, the 15 psi at the box stores you just have to ask the right guy. It, it's a little yeah. bit harder to get. Um, some a lot of times the box store has only got the twenty and twenty-five. But if you'll stop at one of the uh, landscapes uh, irrigation supply stores like uh, Ewing or Lone uh, Lone Star, no, not Lone Star. What the heck is their name? Longhorn Irrigation okay. Supply. Uh, they typically have them. Okay. Hey, great. Thank you so much. You bet. You have a good one. You too. Thank you. Richard out of Southlake sent in an email question. Can you recommend a company to clean my HVAC system? Uh, I have three units, and I'm looking for air duct cleaning. Well, typically we don't need our duct work cleaned. It's one of those things that is being pushed more and more that there's not a, a, a real reason to be pushing. Now, does, does ductwork need to be cleaned at times? I, I will not deny that. Yes. Is it needed as often as it's being pushed? Absolutely not. Uh, you need to do duct cleaning 
if you take your register off and you reach up in there and you got a lot of dust up in the the duct then I would take a look at doing some duct cleaning. But typically that's only going to happen if you've had a remodeling job done or you've had leaks in the duct work, things like that, that allowed the dust to get in. Because the air that goes through your ducts is supposed to be filtered air. And especially if you got the newer homes with the uh, media filters at the AC, you know, at the uh, blower unit up in the attic or, or in the closet, uh, the air is being cleaned just before it goes through the unit. It shouldn't be dirty air coming out. Now, the secondary thing is a lot of duct work. If you had the flex duct, and if you got the old gray stuff especially, but even the, the silver flex has plastic inside of it. And when they clean the ducts, they start ripping that plastic. Your duct work then is garbage. You will end up replacing it. So typically, you're better off to just leave the duct work alone. Again, there are times it needs cleaning, but that's usually limited to after construction, uh, you know, if the duct work wasn't protected or something happened to the filter system, things like that. That's when we get into having to do a duct cleaning. Now, if you need somebody who can do it, if you go to our website, thipro.com, uh, go to the air conditioning. There's three companies there, and uh, they they can help you out. Well, I, I will tell you, Do West, I don't do it because I, I, there's just not enough of it to justify me buying the equipment and stuff to be doing it. But uh, I, th I believe the other two companies can help you out with that. Uh, that'd be Steward Air Conditioning or HVAC and then on-time experts. So you can take a look at that and uh, see. And, and since we're talking about uh, air conditioning units, if you haven't started making plans to get your system checked out for the winter months, you know, got to get that heating system checked out. It's time. We're getting the temperatures now where we're going to start flipping the heat switch every once in a while. Uh, granted, you know, when we get down into the 60s, normally we don't have to worry about it at this time of year because we got so much residual heat buildup from during the day that it's not all released. And by morning, you know, we're flipping the AC on again. But when we start getting into these where we're dropping down into the low 50s and upper 40s, now we're going to start getting into where uh, some people are going to start turning the heat on, especially depending on how well your house is insulated. But um, get it checked out, especially if you have gas heat. Uh, that can really make a huge difference. Uh, the gas heat is a lot. It, I, I personally like gas heat. In fact, I converted my house from all electric. I put a, a propane tank in for gas heat. Uh, but it does need to be checked annually to make sure you don't have any issues with the system because you don't want to have the house burned down over a minor thing that could have been corrected. Steve in Richmond. This is Jim. How can I help you? Hello, Jim. I have a kind of an interesting issue with a water heater. Um, I woke up this morning, and my wife kept hearing this, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of like a clunking in the ceiling. Uh -huh. so I went good under, and it, what it was doing was kind of shaking a, a overhead fixture every once in a while. It was consistent, but it was intermittent also. So I went up in the attic where the water heater is, and I can stand there and look at the water heater, and I hear this clunk. 
and it's sometimes 20, 25 seconds apart. And when it clunks, the the uh, cold water inlet line vibrates, and so that's what we were hearing down on the ceiling. Um, and it's a relatively new water heater. It's about five years old, maybe. Okay. So, uh, what, what what could that be? It's a gas water heater. It's in the attic. There's no leaks around it. Everything looked normal. I didn't smell any gas or anything like that. Um, but it's it's a definite clunk, and it's. I just before I called you, I just wanted to make sure I can stand underneath it in my hallway and I can hear it. Yeah, and um, uh, you don't have a uh, water softener or anything in the house, do you? No, sir. I haven't for years. Yeah. What happens when you don't have a softener is sediment will build up in those water heaters. Okay. And that clunk that you're hearing is a chunk of the sediment that has bonded together, has broken loose. And so when the burner's underneath firing it up, those chunks will sometimes float up and drop down again. You know, kind of like uh, when you're boiling a pot of water and you have eggs in there, how they'll float up and down again sometimes. Well, uh-huh. that sediment chunks do that. And when they do that, it sounds like you're dropping a, a rock in there, but it, it's really probably no bigger than a small marble uh it just sounds bad really yep uh and so that's that's probably not going to go away well sometimes what'll happen is uh it'll refuse itself with with things again and at that point it goes away other times you know if it stays moving the whole time no it doesn't go away so it's just going to depend on the on the situation now Um, this this is one of the reasons they they tell you to drain a water heater periodically uh and every six to 12 months but if you don't start doing that in the first two years there's typically not a point because the sediment is already there and and causing the issues but um it's not going to affect the hot water you have or anything like that it just makes it make noise Okay. Um, would it hurt to isolate it and let it settle for a day or so to see if it makes any difference? No. In, f- in fact, that was actually going to be one of my suggestions. Uh, you don't necessarily need to shut the hot water off on okay. it, but turn it way down so that that sediment can settle back down to the bottom. And uh, give just give it a, 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 a few days to sit down there so you'll still have hot water. What you're going to have to do is not put as much cold water with it, and then you can turn it back up again. But uh, I would bet that you probably are on the higher end right now on the thermostat of the water heater, and so that that tends to push it along further. Okay, I see what you're saying. So turn the temperature down to, what, 90 or something like that? Oh, no, I mean, I would just turn it down to, to where it's probably only a quarter on the dial. Because it, it, it's not going to have a temperature on there. It's just going to have uh, – well, I guess some of the newer ones do have temperatures now. But uh, you, you still want to keep it hot. You just don't want to keep it boiling. And that's what it sounds like it's doing is boiling in there right now. I got you. So so when that, when it comes on and fires and starts heating up, the sediment rises. And then once it gets up so far, it falls back down, and that's what we're hearing? Yep. Wow. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate your help. Um, and the, the only alternate, if this doesn't clear it up, is uh, call a plumber and replace it, correct? 
pretty much. Okay, I got you. All right, thanks, sir. I appreciate your help. You bet. And what I would suggest, if you do replace it, yes. uh, since it since it is a gas water heater, yes, take a look at a tankless when you replace it. You'll you'll never have that problem again then. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Take care. And and, I, and just for everybody else, the reason I'm saying go with a tankless one, you got continuous hot water. Two, uh, since he already has gas there, the newer tankless water heaters don't require as big a line as they used to. And since the gas is already there, chances are good he wouldn't have a, a huge expense running additional gas lines. The water heater itself would definitely cost a little bit more, but the life expectancy of a tankless versus a tank is two to one. And so in the long run, you actually save quite a bit of money. Not to mention you save money on the hot water itself because you're not keeping it hot when you're not using it. You're only heating when you're using hot water. So just a little side note there. Uh, let's see here. David in Fort Worth, how can I help you? Hey, good afternoon, Jim. I have two questions. One, you were talking about tankless hot water heaters. What is the yes. maintenance that one should do on those things? You know, it depends on the water heater. Some of them, uh, especially the older ones, required them to be flushed out and cleaned once a year. The newer ones typically don't require that. And so it's going to depend on what you have for a water heater and, and the particular manufacturer you have. Uh, I personally okay. use a brand called Navion, and you don't have to do anything with it. Okay. Mine's about two and a half years old, so I'll do You should be okay. What what brand is it? You know, I don't remember. I'll have to open the door and look. Okay. The second question is I'd like to put up some of the little decorative lights at my house, and I'll need to drill some holes in some party siding to yeah. put some hooks What's the best way to drill that siding without breaking it? Oh, it'll drill just like wood. If you get too okay. close to the edge, it'll break. But, you know, if you're if you're drilling say uh, an inch or more from the edge, okay. Just drill drill it just like you would wood. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks sir. You have a great day. You as well. Joe in Granberry. How can I help you? Hey Jim, um I'm a transplant down from Indiana, and I normally never had this issue before, but my driveway is starting to crack. And um, right now with Biden economics, I can't afford to replace my driveway. So what do you have suggestion-wise of uh, like a portable steel, sealer filler for that crack until I can afford to uh, replace it? How wide a crack is it? It's about, uh, about the biggest crack I have is about a half inch wide. Okay. Yeah, um, it, the reason it's doing that, the reinforcing isn't where it's supposed to be. I'm sure it's got wire mesh, and it's under the concrete instead of in it. Uh, anytime the oh, crack I'm, gets, I'm... yeah, anytime that crack yeah. gets wider than about a sixteenth of an inch, it, it's because the steel's under it instead of in it. Um, yeah, I, I'm assuming that. And in Indiana, our you know it's poured a lot deeper and stuff to get below the fruit the frost line, right? Yep. So I never run into that before, and I think I don't think it's that that deep either. The concrete isn't. Oh no, concrete. it's it's going to be four inches at at the most. Yeah, at the most. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you have any, any suggestions of uh, putting any kind of like a like a, a foam feeler or or 
like a foam piece down and then put some sealer on top of it or anything? Something that I well, can for a crack add that's, a little life to it. That is that size, uh, you'd actually want to use an epoxy. And because that crack is, is wise, as wide as it is, what you would do is actually put sand in the crack and the epoxy goes in then to the sand and it binds everything okay. together. Um, and you know, that'll, that'll be the best way to, uh, to seal it up. And they do have those okay. epoxies available, uh, in, in, uh, tubes. So it's, it's not like it's something you got to mix up by hand and, and do a bunch of stuff. You can literally get just the, the fine grade sand, put it down into the crack and, and uh, put the epoxy on top and just let it soak down in and set everything up. Okay. Thanks. You bet. You take care. All right. Bye. And, and you know, that that's very common to have that type of problem. And he's right. In the northern states, it's not as, I mean, the concrete still has cracks in it. It doesn't separate like it does here because... The reinforcing is in the concrete because the concrete is typically thicker than we do here. But for here, normal concrete is four inches, whether it's a uh, driveway, patio, sidewalks, it's, it's four inches. We get into thicker concrete when we're doing the approach to the driveway. In other words, from the sidewalk out or the roads and things like that, that's always thicker concrete. Then you're getting into 8, 10, 12 inch thick concrete. But Everything else is just thin, cheap concrete. Joe, how can I help you today? Hey, uh, about 10 years ago, I had uh, my entire home uh, windows replaced by Pella. And uh-huh. uh, recently I've noticed on the front side, uh, two sets of windows down by the uh, window sill have started getting like uh, black like mildew and stuff like that around the corners. And I thought there may be a leak. And uh, so I went out and I sprayed water on it and all that kind of stuff, and I can't see anything leaking inside. And I had the roof replaced, and they assured me it was not coming from the roof area. So the question is, what do you think is causing it? And the other thing is, who would you suggest I, I contact to take a look at it? Well, the windows were replaced 10 years ago. Have they, has everything been recocked since then? No. That is more than likely the issue then. Because typically when they're doing uh, replacement windows and things like that, they're using a, you know, a 10 or 15 year caulk and it goes bad usually five to seven years in. And once it starts getting a little air leak to it and stuff, you can start getting that mildew because you start getting uh, temperature variations right there in the corners. And so take a look at at the uh, caulking and probably just redo that and i'll bet that's going to take care of it okay in order to caulk them you have to pull the windows out first right and reset them oh no 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 just where the where the window meets the either brick or wood framing or hardy framing whatever's around it uh that's where you're needing to caulk it and then on the inside as well probably but uh, the outside is the most critical side Thanks for joining us for the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Jim has lots more on YouTube, on the TV show, and at THIPro.com. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.